It's time now for a special edition of Encounter with your host, Evan Fowler. Good afternoon and welcome to this special Encounter program. Uh, This is going to be a lot of fun because we're going to be talking with somebody from clear on uh, pretty much on the other side of the planet from where I sit right now, although he is here in the United States and uh, is traveling around. And the reason he's here, at least in part, is because there is a film that has been made about his life, and it's an amazing film, and it's an amazing story. The reason that we're bringing this to you today is to whet your appetite and hope that you will go to one of the screenings in your area of the film. It's called Mully. It's an award-winning docudrama, and it explores the life of orphan-turned-father of the world's largest families. And it will be in theaters for three nights coming up in October, uh, the 3rd, the 4th, and the 5th. And we're going to tell you about the story, and the person this story is all about is Charles Mully. He's on the line with me right now, and you will notice that he has a slightly different accent from mine. Charles, welcome to this broadcast. (laughs) Thank you so, so much. I'm so happy to be in America. Well... The film, again, it's called Mully, is going to be showing for three nights. It's one of those short-run events, and it's one of those things that you really need to put on your calendar. I have had the fortunate benefit uh, prior to, get to preparing for this conversation with Charles uh, to see a what they call a screener of the film, and it's, it's amazing. It, it, of course, it's a true story. It's a documentary, and it has a tremendous amount of drama built into it just because of what the story is all about. So uh, we're going to start out, and, and Charles, I'd like you to, let's, let's start at the beginning, kind of where the film begins. It talks about you and what happened to you. Thank you so much, and uh, I'm so happy to be in your radio station. Uh, way back at the age of five years, as I um, was living uh, together with my parents, my father, my mom, uh, something happened. Uh, the a day, the following day, then I found myself alone, and uh, I had nothing to depend on, no food, no shelter, and uh, I, I just lived as a street, a street child, and a real street child I was, and uh, I kept on, you know, living on this kind of life and, uh, of uh, hopelessness, of uh, not going to school and uh, no food, and therefore a life of begging. Is, it was really hard, and uh, uh, at the age of uh, 16 years, as I continued in that life, and uh, I also managed to go to school for a little while, and I was uh, chased away because of lack of school fees, and also I did not have a place to stay. Uh, at the age of 16 years, and then uh, I felt like I never wanted to live any longer because of the problem that was really momenting uh, uh, from the way of life that I was living, no food, uh, begging every day, and uh, being beaten, abused, and uh, child labor, all these things. It was really terrible. And I wanted to commit uh, suicide. And the reason is that I had completely, uh, you know, given up and uh, uh, was so much stressed. At that point, 
uh, a young man who was older than me uh, saw me desperate. And uh, he approached me, he came to me, and he said, come with me, I want to, uh, I invite you to go somewhere with you. Would you mind to go with me? That was exactly the point that I wanted to commit my my, my suicide. Uh, but um, through the Lord, this man uh, spoke to me, and I decided to follow him. All the way, I went to the church. Uh, to, I mean, I followed him, and he took me to the church, where I found the young people were singing and jumping with the joy in their heart. And uh, myself, I was completely um, upset. I was uh, angry. I, I was, you know, full of hopelessness. And uh, therefore, uh, there came a preacher after the worship uh, service with the young people, and the preacher spoke about the forgiveness of sin. He spoke about the power of the Holy Spirit through Jesus Christ. He spoke about, you know, forgiveness. And there I thought the message was about me. And therefore I surrendered my life to Jesus Christ. And I said, dear Lord, here I am. Help me, oh Lord. Save me from my uh, problem, my hopelessness. And therefore I was given more than double that the good life on earth and then uh, the life to come in many years to come. And so I surrendered my life. So that was when I was 16 years old. And then after that, then I decided to go to the city of Nairobi. I walked uh, over 80 kilometers. I was in the city of Nairobi about three and a half to four days begging. I had no money. I did not have anything. I had no hope in my life. I had no shoes, even clothes. And here I was walking for almost four days. And there I found myself in the city of Nairobi, which is the capital city of Kenya. And uh, I started begging. And I had never eaten. I needed water. I needed accommodation, I needed clothing, I needed all these things, and a shelter, really. But um, uh, nobody, people rejected my plea. They rejected my my, my, uh, request to them. And after a few uh, days, I knocked to the residential estates where people we are living, especially the big people with the money. And uh, I found a place where a woman, uh, a nation lady, when I knocked the gate and threw the door again, uh, she opened and she asked me, why are, you, why are you disturbing us? Why? And then I said, yeah, I am. I am so angry. I've never eaten. I need shelter. I need what I need a place to stay. Lord, I, I felt like speaking to God. This lady, I said, please, 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 I pleaded with her to give me employment. In fact, I never had any, any experience of any kind of work because I was not planned 
but I said any work and so this lady made my way made my 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 my, my life and then she said yes I'll give you some work for cleaning the house and the cutting grass and the weeding fl- uh, weeds uh, flowers and then then I will pay you money and our husband was a uh, chief um uh, executive officer of a very big company which dealt with the farming and uh, therefore through that then uh, I was also after sometimes later uh, he took me to the big company that was doing farming of coffee uh, pineapples and the mangoes and the dairy farming and all these for export from Kenya to England and so I was made um um uh, supervisor promoted becomes assistant manager and therefore I got money and therefore I decided to buy a car and therefore that was live up to that level and this car I decided to convert it to become a taxi because I was uh, really wanting to have a good life and uh, my mind was that and my life was so that I need to work. And uh, through that pressure that was behind me of having gotten a lot of troubles and uh, hopelessness, I worked very, very hard. And uh, God was with me. God gave me favor. After I bought that vehicle, then turned it to become a taxi, then through that taxi, uh, then I started now getting more people. I bought other more uh, two uh, more uh, vehicles and later buses. And then I started uh, doing a great job of distributing gas as well as um, oil and uh, tires for trucks, uh, for tractors, for lorries, and so forth. So. And also I became an estate agency and insurance company uh, uh, that I founded. So I became a wealth man uh, in Kenya, in the city of Endorit. And so that's how I came up. My goodness. Uh, it's quite, and we've covered an awful lot of ground here. I asked you one question, and you've, you've covered a tremendous amount of ground. I want to back up just a little bit, uh, Charles, and I'm talking with Charles Mully, who is, uh, whose name, of course, is on the, the film that we uh, chatted about a moment ago, and it's a film that I want to encourage everyone who's listening to go and see October 3, 4, and 5. And I'm going to give this information a couple of times uh, because uh, I want to make sure everybody gets it. Write this down, mullymovie.com. That's M-U-L-L-Y movie.com, mullymovie.com. And you can go there, and, and there's a, a button on the screen that says Find a Theater Now. So you can find out whether there is a theater in your area that will be showing this film October 3rd, 4th, and 5th. Now, the tickets... They're not that bad, really, in terms of cost. They're $15 a ticket. Now, you know, these days when you go to the movies, that's about what it costs. But uh, this money is going to be donated to help orphans domestically and internationally. And we haven't even gotten into that part of the story. We're about ready to do that. But, uh, Charles, there are a couple of questions that I wanted to ask you. Uh, first of all, in, in the film, it shows you as, a, as that five-year-old young man uh, living essentially in a hut— 
in Kenya. Tell us a couple of things. First of all, tell us about the environment that you lived in as a child before all of these changes occurred. And then secondly, do you have any idea why? What happened to your family? Why you were just one morning you woke up and nobody was there? Yeah, uh, the um, that situation of me as a child, um, you know, looking around and then nobody's there. Uh, that one, you know, shocked me as a child. That uh, where is my mother? Where is my father? And uh, what am I going to eat? You know, as a child, and uh, what am I going to do? Where are they? And uh, after the day and another one and a week, then I came to realize that uh, there was nothing forthcoming. It was completely, really hopelessness. And so that's how it was. The, you know, the environment there, uh, as I lived in a very poor situation. My father was very poor. He was, you know, uh, addicted to alcohol. And all the time when he came home, he beat my mother. And uh, we all, with my little brother, uh, ran and they hide ourselves underneath the bed. And uh, we lived in, a, just in one, 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 one room. It was, um, you know, a kind of a life of poverty. And uh, this was because of my father who was a drunkard and uh, he was jobless. He never owned anything. He did not have even anything for his family. And then uh, we lived that kind of a life. And so I, I see also as God prepared me uh, passing through that kind of a hardship through a kind of a hopelessness and uh, through being uh, abused and so forth uh, to prepare me for the great work that I and my wife, uh, we are involved in over the last 20 years. So now, later in the film, and I might be giving away, you know, sort of a, a little secret here, but you were reunited with your parents at some point, weren't you? Yes, I I was united with my parents after many years. Uh, this was after I got a job. I was working, and uh, I found themselves that they were working in a white uh, settler's farm, and uh, they were, of course, really poor. And uh, I got them back, and uh, I was able to um, um, put them close to where I am and build them a nice house for them and they supported also my younger brothers and so we were united and I forgave him for all what he did to me and as the Bible says that uh, the forgiveness uh, which comes first from the Lord Jesus Christ who died for us at the cross and through his blood that we are washed away I knew for sure that um, my parents had done so bad to me, but um, uh, through prayer, and when I forgave them, you know, as the preacher, when I was 16 years old and I was invited to go to uh, a church and the, the preacher spoke about forgiveness, through that I came to understand the power of forgiveness. I came also to realize that me, myself, when 
I was bitter about my own father, whom I would really fight if I could meet him. That was the spirit when I was 16 years old. But I, I being a Christian and becoming in a level where God addressed me so much and business that I started and did so well and it flourished and got a family, I came to realize that Yes, my parents. And so I went to look for them, and uh, we reunited, we reconciled, reconciled, and then started a new life uh, with them. That's just, that's amazing. It's beautiful, and it's a testament to the power of Christ in our lives. Well, let's jump back to where we uh, where we were a few moments ago, where, you know, you, you obviously God had a lot of gifts uh, locked up inside, that were locked up inside you, because once you started working, I'm guessing that the CEO that you mentioned, whose family you worked for, saw something in you, saw somebody who was a hard worker and who uh, uh, had some talent, and then things just sort of exploded from there. As you said, you you bought one vehicle, you you hired out as a taxi driver, and then you built a fleet of vehicles. And this is then the film depicts this. It's kind of fun, actually. And then uh, you became the distributor of petroleum, and I guess in the part of country the country where you lived, and insurance and tires, and you just did all kinds of things. Uh, uh, an amazing entrepreneur is what I would say. So you've built the, all of these different companies and all these different entities. You're now very wealthy. So uh, tell us then what happened from there. Yeah. Um, one thing that I, I saw as, as the Lord God raised me so, so much in a, in a believable uh, kind of a, a, a story uh, that um, I had everything and that I needed, and especially kinds of cars that I drove and I had a uh, properties and the uh, farms and the uh, uh, livestock, um, but I became uh, really God gave me, um, uh, you know, really blessing and a favor. I always see that it was God's favor upon my life, and whatever I did is prospered. It's almost just like uh, when you read also uh, Psalms 23, uh, verse one to six, that the Lord is my shepherd. I shall not want. You know, the Lord really was with me. And therefore, having gotten all this, I remember one day I drove all the way to the city of Nairobi in Kenya. And uh, having covered over 322 kilometers away from Edore to Nairobi, having arrived there at around 8 o'clock in the morning, because I was going to do some business there. And uh, once I was looking for a parking, a long uh, Uhuru Highway, uh, a place uh, known as uh, Nyayo uh, House, then I found this many street boys. That was way back in 1986, April. I was going to do business, and then in the afternoon, go back again to Edward, covering over 322 kilometers. And therefore, these young people came along, they saw me, and then as I stopped, they asked me for money. And then I said, 
no, I cannot give you money. Why should I give you money? Um, after a short while, I thought, ah, let me uh, go. I shut the car straight on, went to where I was going to do business, and only 13 minutes came back to find that my car was stolen, was not there. And I got the, uh, you know, the great shock in my life, and uh, I could not believe I had the keys. I ran to the police station. I reported this matter to the police station, central police station. And after this day, since 1986, I've never heard about this vehicle. And therefore, after a short time, I was, something came again in my heart, and I was haunted, you know, I, I felt like, ah, I was one of these people. I was, I used torn clothes. I had never had food. And I belonged to this group. Why didn't, didn't I give them money or buy them food? And that, for three years, 1989, from 1986, November 1989, is when I was confronted by the Spirit of God. I became sick. I could not think. I, I, I felt like I was completely hopeless. And when, during the three years from 1986 to 1989, uh, when I saw children crying anywhere in the street, poor women carrying their children, child mothers, even men, I thought I saw my face into their faces. Sure, I said, "I'm the one." Yes, yeah. So, yes. so you were you were seeing basically. It was almost like looking in the mirror uh, from when you you were a young boy and you were in the same desperate situation. So the Lord was actually was obviously tugging at your heart. Absolutely. Absolutely. It was like that. I saw, just like in a mirror, when you see in a mirror, you see yourself. I saw in my face, you know, their faces. I saw myself in their faces. And so that one gave me terrible time of worry. I, I was afraid. I did not know what to do. And then uh, I have all and everything that I needed. But that spirit for three years, uh, w never let me rest, and therefore, in uh, 1989, November 17th, uh, then I took my car from my office, where I had my office in Edoret, and aiming to go home to my house, where it was just about uh, five minutes drive. I found myself later, over 30 to 35 uh, kilometers away uh, from the city of Edoret. And I stopped the car. I cried and I cried. And uh, the moment, you know, I was trying to say to the Lord, God, it is not me. It's not me. I said no. I tried to struggle with the Spirit of God, and there was a pressure in my, my life. And that I said, God, Tell me now, tell me what you want. And therefore, during that time is when the Spirit of God and God himself, he convinced me completely that 
it was true that he was going to be with me as as, as how will as he appointed me to become the father to the fatherless to those people who were lost to tell them about Christ to give them food to give them shelter clothings and to uh, educate them give them what they need and with all the money that I had I said to the Lord inside the car Lord I'm going to do it the moment when I said that wow I got the greatest joy the greatest joy in my heart and I started singing and went driving back to my house my eyes were opened and I got the joy and got uh, you know bless me uh, with the uh, with the prayer and the, uh, you know um, uh, gifts of praying for the people uh, gifts of making things happen and the gifts of uh, you know of masses and the kindness humility then I became so humble than ever before and God now started using me with everything well your family was in for a bit of a shock uh, <laughs> oh, yeah. Tell us a little bit about that. And, and we're actually we're running out of time. And in a way, I'm glad we're not able to tell the whole story because of, you know, we've got about two minutes left, because I really want to encourage those listening to go to this film. And Charles, let me just give that information out here right now, and then we'll try to wrap this up in a minute or two. You want to go to mullymovie.com. That's M-U-L-L-Y movie.com. This film is going to be shown across the country in about 800 theaters, but only for three nights, October 3rd, 4th, and 5th. If you go to mullymovie.com, you'll find a button that says Find a Theater Now, and that will help you locate a theater, whatever theater might be close to you, and hopefully there is one. It's $15 a ticket. Those proceeds are going to help orphans domestically and internationally. And, you know, Charles has just gotten into uh, part of the story. But now let me just jump ahead a little bit. I'm not going to give away all the details because we just don't have time. But so far, you have impacted how many children? Yeah, already since the year 1989, November 17th, uh, we have been able to assist in the children, adopted children, over 12,000, 12,000. And uh, we, at the moment now, 12,000, and now at the moment we have 3,256 children under our care. Wow. And the children, they get um, uh, food, they get... Um, um, clothing, they get education, they get health care, and all the things that children need. And of course, I didn't uh, talk about the thematic uh, areas of focus. Our focus is so much on child rescue, rehabilitation, and uh, integration, and then child protection and the rights of education, and also access to justice for children's program. That was what we are doing. But we also do what we call climate change mitigation adaptation so that we make the area be uh, um, accessible for children to have what we say good environment and a good environment that makes children when they are growing uh, to be in a better place and become wise. And the climate change mitigation as well as adaptation project that we do and the formal 
and technical education that we offer to all these children. We have also talent development and sports that we also do. We also have what we call strategies for sustainability through farming and through farming that we are able to provide food. However, we also um, have um, what we call a donation that gives us to move forward in buying clothes and so forth. Establishment of Muli uh, College always, it has been a good move. All these children that they go through Muli Children's Family College in Kenya, and we are so grateful to share with you that time. It is, and Charles, it's, we have run out of time, and, and the enthusiasm, uh, you know, folks, you've got to see this film, because uh, Charles was talking about some of the many things that, uh, that these thousands now, children, have been able to do just because of the work of Charles and, and his family and others who've been involved. So, once again, go to mullymovie.com, find a theater, and go see the film. You will be inspired You'll be blessed, and who knows what will come out of this. It's just amazing. So, Charles Mully, thank you so much for taking time. God bless you for what you've done. Thank you so much. God bless you, and thank you for inviting me. Bye-bye. Absolutely. For Robot Radio Network, this is Eben Fowler. Thanks for joining us on this special edition of Encounter today.